Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our All right, I am back. He's well, back. Welcome in to Libservative. Yeah. He, as always, is Corey Walsh, and I. He so- is. I was going to. Griffin. I was just going to introduce myself this time because I sometimes, apparently, have Dan, am Dan Griffin, but other times I'm Steve. Steve the Serb. <laughs> I love how we get a pass on saying that because he's actually Serbian. Yeah, you got, I see you got AOC hung there by your microphone. It's really weird because it. Looks- oh yeah, from one of our biggest biggest fans right here. She's gonna be hanging out. That's from now on, probably right there. I'm thinking it legit a fist in the air. It legitimately looks like you're speaking into her ass. <laughs> there she is, tied with a there rubber. She is. There is something misogynistic about this because she's like, <laughs> about me tying AOC with a rubber band to a microphone. <laughs> well, shit, Dan. Now it's misogynistic. <laughs> yeah, you just she's your microphone now. You get to you get to speak into her ass. I wish that was real. I wish you could really speak into her ass, and you know, do you, do you, Dan? Well, yeah, to get her to maybe not be a, a cuck to the establishment, like we we had hoped. Uh, from the from the very beginning, we have a uh, uh, a wonderful show planned for you today. I'm happy to be back. Corey's drinking a PBR. I'm drinking some, a I'm drinking a nice old fashioned. I got some uh, new riff whiskey going. I got to tell you something about PBR. You remember when PBR was like the hipster beer? Yeah, it was almost like fuck, like ten years ago now. It was the cheap beer, and we always make jokes about how like. The reason why they even put the blue ribbon on it is because it like won like a blue ribbon for beer in like eighteen like ninety six or something like that. <laughs> I have a thing about PBR. I think it is the singular best piss water beer. Like it's my first choice. If I'm gonna drink pee, it's gonna be PBR. It's good beer. It's like a sugar beer. It has this little sweetness to it. I wouldn't say it's good beer. <laughs> I mean, compared to other piss beers. But what I would say comparatively, is... Comparatively, Dan. Comparatively. Yeah. I mean, there are very few beers I won't drink. Um, Natty being maybe the only one. You wouldn't drink Natty? Like, if... The, if you mean to tell me, if you're if me and you were out on the a golf course, and you forgot all your beer, and I had, a, like, a nice cooler, and I had a bunch of cold Natties in it, you wouldn't drink one? I'd wait for the cart girl. Okay, you would. Yeah, okay. So I can see you going. Oh, I guess I'll drink one, but I really don't like these. Like, do you let the people know you don't like their beer when they're giving it to you? It's like the one beer that is it, because it doesn't even taste like beer. It's just natty, bro. It's not beer. It's natty. <laughs> it's it is the it is the only beer that if it's the only beer around, I just won't drink. <laughs> Seriously, literally any other beer on earth. I will. I was. If it's all that's around, whatever. I'll take it. Natty, not gonna happen. I had bad experiences. I had bad experiences with that, along with vodka and orange juice, uh, while visiting a party at Lawrence Tech University. Not good. Not, it's the only you still, time. You still refuse vodka and orange juice? Yes. Not Literally, bad, vodka man. and orange juice just smells like vomit to me. Maybe you know what mine? You know what mine is? It's a uh, Mohawk vodka. <laughs> 
I like how you get specific with it. That's good. And Mine was red, absolutely and red pop. I mixed the two together once. Now, for those outside of Detroit, they may not know what red pop is. Is that a thing? Yeah, is that a Detroit thing? It's Fago. Fago red pop. Fago's it's the not only rock and one. It's just red pop. Fago's yeah, the only one who makes red, the red pop. pop. It's supposed to be a strawberry flavored soda. It actually tastes more like diabetes period blood i don't know what it's just disgusting it's absolutely awful period what are you just over there lapping up fucking menstrual cycles like i mean i've had i had my experiences again back in time <laughs> it's all in the same night that i drank orange juice and vodka uh, young man gets desperate sometimes both when it comes to his booze intake and also when it comes to his uh vaginal intake That's so funny. But yeah, no, Mohawk Vodka and uh, Red Pop definitely put me under the weather once to the point where, like, I was, as I'm vomiting and seeing, like, three of everything, there was conversations behind me going, I don't know, do we take him to the hospital? (laughs) Yep. Yep. That was my experience at this one evening with my my good friend, Scott Martinez, whom I haven't seen in 15 or more years. It's probably because he saw you not be able to hold your alcohol. You know what's funny? You know what's really funny? You know what's really funny is the next morning, worst hangover I've ever had because I almost died the night before. Uh, it was one of those, just turn him on his side, he'll be fine kind of nights. And, <laughs> and uh, the, the next day, I'm dry heaving into this, into this gentleman's toilet. I had a hockey game that day. And I went and I played. And we were shorthanded. There were three guys on the bench. We lost 11-3. to three. I scored all three goals. It is all over his fuck. Absolutely, I like dying on the ice. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was an interest. It was an interesting day. I was like, whatever, guys. I did my part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point, you can't go. Well, they can't say. Well, if Dan wasn't hung over, what's funny is I say that, and it makes it sound like I'm some amazing hockey player. Like I was. I'm. I was okay was like back in the day. Like D League. Yeah, it wasn't like it was just a beer league. Obviously, I wasn't drinking any beer that day, but you yeah. played for the Griffins. <laughs> I went out there and scored all three goals, and I was like, I almost died last night, and I'm the, I'm the guy holding this thing afloat. But anyway, uh, speaking of holding the uh, country afloat, Corey, monkeypox is now a national emergency. How the hell are we gonna? How the hell? How the hell are we gonna hold this country afloat? I don't know. It's a little frustrating, though, because of the fact that uh, it's basically that has any faith in any institution of bureaucracy in our country. And it's and it's also being reported as if it's like AIDS when first when AIDS first started. It's like this weird new gay plague thing. So I'm I'm almost wondering if there's going to be this goofy uh, uh, homophobia that comes out of this. Would you be shocked by that? I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but not at all. Hysteria is easy to kick going. It's the you gay know, men. Like- the, the the level even if we don't even if the lack of trust I mean even if like the amount of trust in all these institutions is at like the same amount of how you would trust like gas station sushi <laughs> uh, is very low which is getting better I give the them, gas station I give sushi them, yeah, I we <laughs> get I give them credit for the fact that they're doing their best to go now we get that this data does show it's affecting gay people but listen this isn't a gay plague. But you know that that's what's going to be the Twitter verse, and everyone's going to be talking about. It. There's going to be so many jokes about it and stuff like that, and it's dumb. And also, I think when you like when that data is brought out, it almost I almost think it's like 
going to hurt more than help because like when AIDS first came out, I feel like a lot of people who weren't gay just went, well, thank God I'm not gay. We got to welcome in Bright Nice on his uh, on Twitch, who apparently likes pineapple pizza, uh, because that's the emoji he decided to use this evening. So I'm with you, Bright Nice, or, or either that or he's a swinger who enjoys ah, pizza. Yeah, well, that that pineapple would have to be upside down. I literally just ate pineapple pizza last night, and I was pissed because they drizzled barbecue sauce on it, and I didn't want that on there. I, I don't like, know if they thought they were doing me a favor. I feel like there's some weird cultural appropriation going there, going on there. A barbecue, a barbecue sauce, and pineapple and bacon on yeah, a pizza. Culturally appropriating the uh, Samoan the Hawaiian culture, the Samoan culture. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry. Something needs to be. Done. I, it's funny you say that about cultural appropriation. I just saw this thing recently, and it was like Eminem under fire for culturally appropriating Hispanic people in his song by D12. Uh, which song was it? Uh, um, chicks don't know the name of my band. Remember in the end, he's like my salsa, the song, right? But just yeah, but just doing rap isn't cultural. The music video, he's wearing a sombrero and a fake mustache, and he's sitting there shaking the fucking salsa, things like this. But what's funny to me is like, it's not necessarily what's happening, it's who their little target is for this. And we're talking about Eminem. He's not even going to respond. They're not even going to get him to come out and go, oh, well, geez, guys, I'm sorry. He's just not going to say anything. He's just going to double down and make a lyric about it in his next fucking rap song. We actually have we have uh, exclusive audio from Eminem uh, regarding the subject. 92% said if I did, they'd go for it. See? Yeah, he's... he's <laughs> yeah, 92% said if I did it, they'd go for it. Yeah, it's they, like, that's true. It's Eminem. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's good to go. Uh, and I, I didn't even look at the article. I wanted to see. I wanted to look up who the author was because it's probably a white guy or girl. And I promise you that based on the whole Latinx woke cultureism that happened with the Hispanic community during all of this, it's it's probably going to flop. And they're going to be like, "We don't give a fuck." <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's so funny because I was actually with uh, you know name drop one of our biggest listeners, Michelle. I was with her and her daughter, who I'm really good friends with, and my friend Brandon. We were at uh, the Sterling Fest, and they were explain- <laughs> explaining why Latinx is kind of just like a lot of the Hispanic community is kind of just like side eyeing it and raising an eyebrow because of the fact that all of the Spanish language is based on pronouns. Dude, every, <laughs> you know, every, guys and girls, every language but fucking English, every language yeah. but English uses uh, 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 masculine and feminine. Uh, Whatever it is, adjectives describing words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hermosa, hermosa, hermoso, hermosa. Yeah, like, like all the words based on everything someone's doing. German, French, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's just every European language. <laughs> every language except for English is based in yeah. Read the polls, Jack. <laughs> and it was just really funny when I heard them say that because I was like, yeah, no, that's. So you know it's someone who didn't know the language that like tried to make it a thing. Is basically what we're getting at here. Uh, it's a big it's a big weekend for golf, Corey. And before we even get to that though, Dan. Yeah, what do you um have? so last week I just basically told everyone you're on a uh, soul searching mission gallivanting in the woods. 
And I figured you could elaborate on that a little bit if you wanted. It was something like that. I attended uh, a summer camp for an organization called Volunteers uh, Assisting the Disabled, which is basically the adult version of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Most of you have probably heard, if you're you know over the age of 28, uh, you've heard of Jerry's Kids. You used to have the uh, the 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 uh, the telethon uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, that has since been done with. Uh, but I started with MDA, going to their summer camp when I was 16 years old. I've been doing it ever since. And uh, my very first camper, he uh, graduated from that camp a long time ago, started going to a Michigan-based uh, summer camp for adults because it was basically like, hey, we turned 25 or 21, whatever it was at the time, and they kicked us all out. So we decided to start our own summer camp for adults. Uh, so that's where I was last week. Uh, if you want to uh, donate, volunteer. If you're in the Detroit metro area, vadcares.org. We're also we're always looking for uh, for for volunteers, donations, all all kinds of stuff like that. Small nonprofit here locally for Detroit, or you know, if maybe uh, you're looking to start something similar in your area, uh, we can probably find ways to help you out with that. So, uh, vad that's v v is in Victor adcares.org. Uh, if you're looking to uh, donate, um, volunteer, whatever it is. That's where I was last week. I do it every year. So get ready for that. Absolutely. And I think it's great that you do that. And the way you said that so eloquently is there is no way that I could have said that last week without butchering it. So I summed it up with Dan is out gallivanting in the woods when it just sounds so trivialized versus the actual work that you were doing with people in wheelchairs. <laughs> He's helping invalids live a good life. <laughs> He's just pushing them around in the woods. <laughs> oh, look, a squirrel. I, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even think I even added you actually doing like, I don't want to call it charity work. That just sounds trivialized. He's all, like helping people and things like that. I was just like, yeah, he's just out in the woods. Whatever. I do it because I like it. Because I knew you'd do a better job at explaining it the following week. <clears throat> Badcares.org. Uh, yeah. And while I was doing that, uh, Tony Fina was winning the Rocket Mortgage Classic here locally. It's a big weekend for golf, Corey. Was that PGA or Live? That was PGA. You know, it's actually it's a big weekend for disc golf. I guess apparently there was a bunch of disc golfers in the area. I went to uh, the, the one of the local disc golf courses, and it was packed. And they're like, "Yeah, all the good ones are taken because the pros are here." So on a macro scale, all golf. Big weekend, big especially for the Saudis, Corey. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's funny actually. There's a it's a uh, there's a disc golf there's a big rift in the disc golf community because there is a bunch of or people who are pros that are leaving the disc golf tournament to join a Azov Battalion uh, thing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm making that up. Oh, just- <laughs> I believed you because Liz Live Golf is such trash. <laughs> I was trying to think of like a really shitty group that would be promoting it and everyone running to it. It does it does apply uh because Live Golf's event this past weekend was played at Trump's New Jersey course. Oh my fucking god. And Trump was all over it. It was basically the be- before the golf actually started. 
uh, it was basically a Trump rally. And then after it start, after it ended, it was also basically a Trump rally. And there, there are mu- a multitude of reasons why this pisses me off. I've already, I've made it quite clear uh, how I feel about the Live Golf Tour and the Saudi blood money. But what makes me, there are a couple things about this that make me so upset, and not the least of which is the fact that Trump supporters just don't fucking get it. They don't understand the hypocrisy, right? America first, right? America first. Meanwhile, uh, Trump is taking money from Liv to play these events, or at least this event, at his golf course. He's all out in front of it. He's at the event. He's on the first tee. He's on the last green as Henrik Stenson uh, comes in to win this particular event. and. His supporters are there with the Let's Go Brandon chants and all of the unmitigated nonsense that comes with being a MAGA supporter. And I don't know if I'm more upset about the fact that Trump is partaking in this blood money with the Saudis or if I'm more upset about the fact that this is an actual opportunity for the establishment Democrats and the left to take an actual dig at Trump and say, look, he's he's in bed with the Saudis and they don't take advantage of it. Why? Why? Because Biden both, was just left Saudi Arabia. Because both parties play for the same team. Like, th- th- this is just another example of that. This is a perfect opportunity for you to say, hey, look, uh, Trump's for genocide. I mean, that's a little bit of a hyperbolic statement, but you get what I'm saying. And yet, here we are. We're going to sit here and focus on whether or not he should be prosecuted over January 6th, which is at least arguable, right? Even with all the new revelations that came out during the during the hearings, it's at least arguable. It's always about, you know, this, this quote-unquote smoking gun that we still really haven't seen. But now we have actual proof of Trump being in cahoots with a genocidal regime right there on the golf course. Yeah. And nobody talks about it. Oh, no one can say anything because Biden was over there fist pounding Mohammed bin Salman. And and I'm going to show you a video that, that that's, that's super frustrating. I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this up on the screen here. Uh, I f- <laughs> yeah. Bring it up. Remember how to. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating because like, if here's, you, if you're watching live, go ahead, Corey, I'll let you finish. It's frustrating because here is, you know, the President Trump touting his uh, presidential seal all over this golf course as people who are running, (laughs) as the group who is running this uh, league literally killed a a journalist overseas. It's, it's 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 obviously bigger than Jamal Khashoggi, too. It's about the Houthi people. It's about, you know. Hey, look, the, yeah, what, what, what it's we that's about the war and what Yemen it's about. Yeah, we let it's uh, about the they, fact that it's a big deal over there that women can drive. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> they let women drive now. So everything's OK. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this video. If you're watching live, um, tell me what you see and, and we'll talk about it if, if you're if you're an audio only. person. <laughs> Did you did you happen to see who was there at the end? Did you happen to see that? Oh, and that little video of the of what's supposed to be a uh, 
high class sport where people are supposed to be quiet and have decorum chanting let's go brandon and then the camera pans and you see trump tucker carlson and marjorie taylor green yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play it again for the people just just so just so they can <laughs> You've got Donald Trump, you've got Marjorie Taylor Greene, and you've got Tucker Carlson together at this event, which is paid for by the Saudis. Lenny said Trump is getting a bit porky. Always was. Uh, but always was. But I mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly, Corey, honestly, Corey. Extra porky. Need we say more? Need we say no, more? No, it's... Yeah, it's just insane to me how how people sell out. I guess I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like, it's like for Trump, it's what's insane to me is like this isn't surprising. How is it that this doesn't shock me that Marjorie Taylor Green, Tucker Carlson, and Trump are all sitting there? And it's I don't know. I don't even know what to say, man. It's just you know, it's. I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked that they're there doing that. It's just this giant money grab, I guess. I don't know. But this is this is what infuriates me about the MAGA crowd, right? I, I'll, I'll, America I'll, first, I'll, as they're watching one of their own PGA tours get bastardized by a foreign industry that just fucking has no belief in freedom of speech or anything. But then you, you, you have the mouthpiece of the Rep- Republican Party and and for the most part three of them honestly but I, I was I was talking about Tucker Carlson and and honestly for the most part as far as cable news goes I think Tucker for the most part to be fair has been kind of the most fair but then I see him at this event and I go okay all right I know what you're about now yeah where's your where's your morals and your standards America first? He, he sits out there and tries to act all pompous you know about being like this high like characteristic like high moral like type of person and like he, he thinks he's like on this principle and it's like here you are just selling yourself out to a bunch of fucking people just throwing away their fucking morals for a quick buck saudi blood money is money and he loves it and what's funny is what i don't understand is like well that was apparent when all the evidence was out that they bone sawed up Jamal Khashoggi and he just goes, well, MSP just said he didn't do it. What do you want me to say? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, well, it, and it's like, I don't understand why a guy like Tucker, who is by the way, watched uh, by more Democrats than CNN as mm-hmm. of late. He, he, he finally had some market share in cable news, most watched cable news show out there. Not saying it's good. It's not. It's shit. But if I if if I'm comparing the shittiness of cable news to the rest of the shittiness of cable news, I'm putting Tucker near the top. He finally had an ability to maybe grab some market share, and then he goes out and basically says, Yeah, I don't really care. I love the Saudis. <laughs> Fuck principle. Saudis Fuck are good. Values. I have no fucking Fuck principles. Morals. So look, this is this you know, and, and Lenny also said that this golf tournament's been a flop. Uh it it, it has, uh and and for more than just the Saudi reasons, um, 
Their format's fucking stupid. I hate it. I hate everything about this. And the last thing I'll say is it's not to say that the PGA Tour is great. They need to make some changes, and they're refusing to do so. But there are no excuses for playing in this league. And and I know and yeah. I've been I've been told personally, you know, stop with the virtue signaling. Everybody takes blood money from at some point or another or supports blood money. Like, do you buy Nike? Do you do this? Yeah, it's it's a little bit different when you are openly taking a paycheck. And Lenny, you seem like you're actually a new listener. I don't know if I've recognized this name before. Make sure to like, follow, and share. Uh, and so because you're new, if you don't know, Dan is a huge, avid golfer. Love golf. He's, he's Best game in the world. Huge into it. And he is watching the PGA just get bastardized by this blood money from Saudi Arabia. And he is taking it as personal as you possibly can. And I don't love the PGA. They've got some issues. They need to work some stuff out as far as, uh, you know, not giving so much money to the top tier guys and maybe helping but out. But this the live thing is making him lose sleep at night. It's, it's, he's it's, wrote monologues on it. It's awful. It's warranted. Absolutely. It's but awful. yeah, he's just so fucking disgusted with it. Michigan primaries, Corey, you voted. I voted. <laughs> now, I made it a point to not vote in this year's Michigan primaries because I'm Andrew Yang on this thing, apparently, and I think that the primary system is utterly broken. But Corey decided to suck it up. He researched all the candidates in his car before he walked into the polling place. And he uh, he, he voted uh, for for the, what, what did you say, Corey, the most libertarian-style Democrat, if that's really a thing? Not necessarily libertarian. I the most moderate, I guess. His name's Marlinga. And he's uh dead? He's <laughs> no. He's he actually won the primary. But like on his page, like he uh he said things like Michigander or what where is it? I'm ex where is it at? Okay, so I'm excited to see a message of bringing clean energy and supply chain jobs back to Macomb and Oakland counties from the other count- countries is resonating with Michigan voters who understand Fuck you, Macomb Daily, with your goddamn. <laughs> that's what he. That's what he said. No, no, I just got this bullshit. Macomb Daily is now asking for a paywall. Not oh, whatever. I had an article up. Anyways, he talked about uh, uh, oil. Like we need to get rid of our foreign dependence on oil. We need to make it to where we depend on it at home, and that. Uh, yeah. So that. Uh, where is it at? Uh, two areas means more independence from foreign countries and communist regimes like China. Yeah, he just had a hard line on China and getting rid of foreign independence on oil. And I did a really bad job, a really, really bad job at looking up all these people for uh, our ballot because I didn't really have much faith. And like, I knew right away all the Republicans, all their shit was just crazy wild of these extremists. And the Republic and the Democrats, I didn't give a shit about because I I have so much amount of no faith in that party that I don't think they're going to do anything. So I spent about twenty minutes in the parking lot just looking up a couple things. Corey, and, uh, I ended what, up. What do you mean they're not going to do anything? They're going to stop the evil Trump people from getting elected after they gave them money to face them <laughs> in the general election. What are you talking about? <laughs> after. Yeah, after. No, so what I did was uh, knowing that the Democrats were dumping millions of dollars into Gibbs' campaign against Meyer, who it, who Meyer is a Republican 
who is holding a seat in a plus, I think, 13 Democrat district that voted for Biden. And then he's a moderate Republican, like holding this seat by holding this seat by the fucking skin of his teeth. And the Democrats have been dumping ridiculous amounts of money into the extremist campaign because mm. they think they could win this seat if they're running against an extremist in the general versus Meyer, who actually voted to impeach Trump. And so they dumped all this money into Gibbs and things like that. And so like I knew the Republican uh I knew that the Senate was gonna be John James. He's been running forever. I knew he was gonna get the incumbency. I was gonna say we're doing this again. <laughs> He's running again. I knew that the other ones didn't mean shit and ended up being Tudor Dixon for the uh for the uh, primary and I figured I could do the most help in the primary of voting for the least leftist in the democratic campaign because of the fact that the Democrats were running the most rightist, the most extremist right candidates on the Republican ticket. If that makes sense. (laughs) No, it makes sense. So for the sake of my state, I voted for the most moderate Democrat that was going to be positioned against the most extremist fucking Republican that the Democrats put on the ticket. You did the wrong thing, Corey. You were supposed to vote for the, the, the extreme leftist. That's what you were supposed to do. Yeah, well, I'm not here to stand on some soapbox about it. I said it I, I said it out for every for literally everything you just said. Because I don't think the primary system works and I don't think it matters. When 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 we're when we've been able to point out that Democrats are spending millions and, and billions and trillions of dollars trying to support the most extreme right Trumpist candidates while on the other side of their mouth saying that Trump is literal Hitler. If there is, if there is any reason to believe that our primary system does not work, that's it. Yeah. If there was a serious existential threat about some extremist group coming in and undermining our democracy and undermining our constitution, I don't think the Democrats would be throwing a penny towards it, let alone millions of dollars. Is that fair to say? It's fair to say, and it kind of leads us into our next topic, which is Biden's new fund bills, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is basically a reconciliation bill, the sequel, right? Oh, man, I didn't make a banner for this. You son of a bitch. That's okay. We don't need one. Uh, Unless you want to make one while I'm filling time trying to write this listing ship. So... Uh, basically, this bill. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> so ba- basically, this bill to me, I mean, there are other things in it, but the thing that comes out to me is, um, this is a corporate tax bill. <laughs> correct me. Yeah. If, correct me if I'm wrong there. And look, it, it's my, as much as I am all for trying to get rich people to pay their quote-unquote fair share, corporate tax bills don't work. Why do we... Well, have- what's that? It's, 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 uh, it's, it's interesting because it's not technically... And like, I'm, and so this is where I'm kind of on, on... Actually, you know what? I'll let you finish and then I'll... All I was going to say is, like, historically, like, corporate tax bills, if you're a leftist sound fantastic on paper. They really do. Like, oh, shit, yeah, let's make these rich corporations pay their fair share in taxes. I love it. Sounds great. Um, much like communism. Sounds great on paper. Uh, but it does not, not, as, not as good in practice. 
what what always ends up happening is there's either another loophole, which apparently this bill is designed to close a certain loophole, but there's always either another loophole or somehow these taxes seem to get passed on to either the workers or the consumers or both, and I don't see how this is going to be any different. Yeah, yeah, like you're saying, it always gets passed on to the next person. So I'm looking at this bill. We have a couple things in there. There's the uh, 15% minimum uh, corporate tax, which, which is, is only going to affect manufacturing, like, like yeah, manufacturing. manufacturing and companies that make uh, companies that make a certain amount of money. Okay, now it's easy to say that this is going to. And this is why it's almost like it's a wash. Oh, and real quick, Lenny, he said he sent a donation to Act Blue. I hate to think my dono went to a funded Republican candidate. There's a chance it did. Yeah, sorry, man. You know, NPR, Newsweek, a bunch of people reporting on uh, Democrats donating millions of dollars to Republican extremists because Mega they think candidates. they have a better chance. Yeah, they think they have a better chance to face those candidates in the general. Um, going back to the the Inflation Reduction Act, like. I'm still I'm comfortable with the idea of a 15% minimum corporation tax on these companies that are making billions of dollars knowing that like even if it's at 15% it's roughly almost like what I pay if not more in taxes that I think it's fair that they should at least pay their fair shares and I also think it's interesting that even though that right now the corporate income tax in America is at like what like 32% on the top bracket and that like the fact that it's at thirty two percent, and all the and then if if the corporate income tax rate right now is it's either like thirty two, did they bump down to twenty five? It might have went down to twenty five. I don't know if you want to fact. I thought it was twenty one to be honest. And the top income tax bracket. Oh, maybe okay. I know before. I know before. Uh, I thought you were talking about Trump, corporate taxes. Go ahead. Yeah, like just yeah, the top tax in general. Like I know before Trump's tax thing, it was I think it was like thirty seven. And it might have went down to like 32 or 29 or something like that. I don't know the exact number, but what I what gives me makes me side eye in the idea that when people talk about how it's going to hurt the average worker, when they just instituted a stopgate at 15 percent, and everyone freaked out and said, "Well, this is going to hurt the economy." Oh my God! It's like, well, wait a minute. Before this was put in, the tax bracket was at was higher than this. So what you're telling me is these people have all been paying way less than they already should be to the point that we're bringing it up to 15, which is almost half of what the tax top tax bracket is supposed to be that they're freaking out about. Right. But from what I understand, and, and, and anybody can correct me if I'm wrong here, th- this is, this is a, this is a, a corporate tax increase, right? This isn't like Elon Musk's personal taxes. This is Tesla. Yeah, it's based this on is the Tesla's book. Yeah. taxes. This is the corporation's taxes. And, and so that's what I'm going to get into next was the fact that it's like, sure, now on the books, we're bringing it to a minimum of 15, but like that 15 is still an arbitrary number and doesn't mean much because of the fact that we just passed the CHIPS Act. So when even though it's at 50% minimum tax for these companies, we just pass things like the CHIPS Act to where the CHIPS Act is giving a ridiculous amounts of subsidies to companies who are working in certain sectors. And when a lot of those sectors is manufacturing these manufacturing companies that this is supposed to be aimed at, it isn't going to necessarily even touch them because of the fact that it's going to be a wash because of all of the 
other subsidies that were given these company companies, whether it's EV, clean energy, things like that, where it's like, oh, it's at 15 to where they're basically still giving them a bunch of money to do this stuff. And then they're just giving it back to where it's going to be a wash for a lot of companies. Well, if that makes sense. Not to mention, according to uh, taxfoundation.org, which is a, a nonprofit that, that tracks this kind of shit, uh, the... Uh, this this tax increase is going to affect. Uh, for, I think it said forty seven. I could be wrong. It's it's somewhere between forty seven and fifty percent of this tax increase is going to affect manufacturing. Well, do you not see in general how that's counterintuitive, right? We're we're spending all this time trying to get manufacturing back on shore to create more jobs, and now you're going to tax the shit out of manufacturers. Right, and that's what I'm kind of getting at is the fact that we've we've put all this stuff in place that uh, that these companies are just going to be not affected. So, like this 15 percent number, it sounds great on paper. It makes the people who think that the rich should be taxed more, you know, taxed more, and makes them happy. But a lot of them aren't going to be really taxed more because of the subsidies and other bills that are going to help them anyways. And according to taxfoundation.org, so it, it runs the numbers throughout the entirety of this bill. And it says net revenue for the, for the United States government is is going to be $304 billion. Okay, great. $304 billion goes into the federal government. Long-run GDP, minus 0.1%. Not a big number. Wages, minus 0.1%. Down again, not a big number. Jobs lost around thirty thousand dollars, or thirty thousand, thirty thousand dollars, just thirty thousand jobs. So, yeah. So what we're looking at is basically a net wash with the federal government getting three hundred and four billion dollars. To me, that's a bad bill. If like if if these num- if these projections are correct from the tax foundation, which I generally trust. Uh, because it is a nonprofit, and I've I've done some research into the people that run it. I haven't found anything extraordinarily nefarious. So if anybody finds anything, please let us know. Uh, it, it at best it's it, at best it's a, it's a, it's nothing more than a, uh, a a whitewashing scheme by establishment Democrats is what it looks like to make to me. the Democrats look like they're doing something that, for the. Uh... Election, but isn't that what all these bills are now? What what all the especially these economic bills, whether it's the Republicans or the Democrats, basically since Reagan, it's all hey, let's make it look like we're doing something, but uh, n- we're gonna have basically have a net wash or a net negative. It looks like Shizzo just said. He goes, "What's the point of taxing the rich when it goes when it goes to the corrupt government? That'll make a bill to give that money to themselves." Which brings us to the next issue with this fucking bill, which is the fact that uh, there's going to be a ton of money pumped into the IRS, which is something that everybody wants, right? We want the- which they said, yeah, they said it's to help tax evaders. Which, in theory, sure, everybody's um, a goddamn tax evader. Sounds great, but you're un-American if you're money, not trying to evade your taxes. That doesn't take effect until what, like 2030? like 2025 or something like that. Like it's something that doesn't take effect until later. I don't care. I don't want $80 billion ever going to fund the IRS and their enforcement for any reason whatsoever. Right. And none of this money is going like, they're already backlogged anyways, with a mess of like our tax programs, like over the past, like through COVID and like everyone getting fucked because of uh, their money being taxed through unemployment and things like that. They have this huge backlog and all that stuff. 
And none of this money is going to help that because this money isn't supposed to go into effect till a couple of years from now. And then didn't there's no, there's nothing to show accountability that like the money is being given to them, but there's no strings to where it's like, well, if we're giving you this money, you better do your job better. Like there's none of that in the bill. No. And didn't, didn't the IRS just make like half a billion dollars off the motherfucker that won the mega millions the other day? Did you see those numbers? Yeah, over yeah, a bi- yeah, yeah, over yeah. a billion dollars. The guy, the guy, I don't even know who won it. Guy, girl, doesn't matter. Taking home like less than less than half a billion dollars on a on a on a billion dollar jackpot. The rest of it goes to the IRS. Which I mean, I would still be happy with, sure. But it's like if all this money is going to the IRS, like me personally, like if well, I would spend that's, six but that's bucks how they want you to ticket. feel. That's how they want you to feel if you win them. Like, oh, he's he's going to be really right. But happy. no one's questioning like us who didn't win that money. We are warranted to go, well, wait a minute. What the fuck? But if you win the money, don't ask questions. Take it and fucking run. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, 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 I, $80 billion to, to, if anything, the IRS needs to have less money pumped into it. Certainly not $80 billion more. For any reason. Well, I'm down to look for fraud and things like that, but it's like you guys yeah, already you know have who so gets much affected money, you're by not that? doing that, and now we're just offering you more money and not saying, "But if you don't do this, we're taking it away." But there's you, no sunset clause. There's none of that stuff on it, and that's what frustrates you me. You know about who gets that. effectively audited? Generally, uh, poor people. People people making anywhere from fifty thousand dollars a year to somewhere between half a million dollars a year because those are the people that aren't going to pay to have tax lawyers on fucking retainer. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. th- this doesn't this is this doesn't affect rich people. The ones who do tax fraud do it legally and that's the problem and doesn't matter how much money you give to the IRS to try to find that they're going to be able to get around it legally. Is a good way to sum that up, I think. I don't know if and I made all this clear. eighty billion dollars is going to do is it's going to find more and more people like you and I when he when Biden just put that thing in to where if you what was it if you purchase anything over five hundred bucks or something like that remember like remember when he first fucking became president and there was like this ridiculous thing that like I know Corey it was a long time ago the government was going to look for like something I think it was like anything over six hundred what was it was an arbitrary number of like six hundred dollars. That any sort of it was it had to do with some of the internet or something to where like if you bought anything over six hundred they were going to come after you or something like that. Do you remember that? Vaguely, I was probably drunk. Very, very <laughs> vaguely. We kind of I think we just glossed over it almost a year ago at this point. Look, I don't know if I made this clear. I don't like this bill, and and, and as as much as as much one as- good thing in it though is they're going to. Uh, but this also doesn't start for another like three or four years. But they're gonna the Medicaid is gonna be able to negotiate drug prices, which is a good thing. Great, which should be a bill on its own. That should have been should have been a bill, been a bill by itself. I'm trying to think of what's else in this bill. Green energy, bunch of money to uh, shit like that. But uh, yeah, it's pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> 15% tax on the rich, but it's going to be washed out by other subsidies and credits. Tax on the rich doesn't work, and especially tax on corporations. Just It just doesn't work. I, I, I you know, 10 years ago, I would have said, yeah, let's go let's tax these corporations. But at the end of the day, we, we see it. We see it time and time again. It gets passed on to the workers and it gets passed on to the consumers every single time. There's risk of this bill in its entirety actually increasing inflation. Uh, I know it's so frustrating. How do we get ourselves over off of this barrel? 
I guess is the question. How do we make it to where these companies do pay their fair share and not affect the worker? Oh, I thought you were talking about how do we how do we end this inflation? Because no, I was going to say the first thing you do is this is like economics 101. You stop fucking pumping money into the economy. Because when you already have an inflation, you pump more money into the economy. Oh, that's right. He did back down. So this is what I was talking about. Shizzo, Biden, Biden admin backs down from tracking bank accounts with over $600 annual transactions. That was the number. Remember, he wanted to attract people's accounts who had that $600 of over annual transactions. Barely. I, I mean, I trust you. I trust you and, and Shizzo. I, I, <laughs> I don't recall this, but I, I don't. Thanks for reaffirming my, uh, my random just thought in the ether i'm glad somebody, I, like, I think this happened once <laughs> I'm, I'm glad somebody could boost your ego read the polls Thanks. jack read the polls jack everyone loves Corey. <laughs> how about the other bill Corey? the other it's bill uh that dumb. was causing a lot of controversy this week the promise to address comprehensive toxins or pact act uh otherwise known as the burn pit bill uh you guys you and you and i have talked about this uh pretty extensively in our in our pre-show, made John Stewart really mad. Pat Toomey is now the uh, the the <laughs> public enemy number one uh, when it comes to to veterans. And I do look at this as you know, Pat Toomey fucking threw a hissy fit. So that basically, this was a bill that was going to essentially force the VA to assist veterans when it comes to burn pit illnesses, because for the longest time, the VA was basically turning people down and going, Oh, there hasn't well, been any proof. Been, it couldn't have been us. There hasn't been any proof that burn pits gave you cancer. You know, even though like 80% of these cancer victims were breathing in toxins from burn pits. It's almost, it's, it's very similar. They literally to, had soldiers protecting the burn pits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, it's it's pretty obvious, and w- what's so frustrating about this whole thing was that basically it, it had incredible bipartisan support, but then, uh, what was it? It was I'm 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 fading in on the details here, Corey. You're gonna have to help me okay, out. It was so, so. it was it was Mansion and and Schumer when it came to the so, uh, the the first bill we just basically talked about. happened. Yeah. So what basically happened was. McConnell came out and said, this reconciliation bill, if you want to do anything with this chips bill, the reconciliation bill has to basically be dead. We're done. We're, we're past this. We're over it, which was the Build Back Better plan, which became the very small compared to the Build Back Better plan, uh, the inflation reduction bill. McConnell basically came out and said, like, don't do this. Uh, if you don't do this, then we you got our backs in the chips bill. So they chat. They passed the Chips Plus bill. Republic Democrats are like, "Oh, we did this great big thing." Republicans are like, "Yeah, this is cool. We're happy to be a part of it." And then, in a sleight of hand, with nobody. Oh, so I'm sorry. And then during all of this happening, there was also this burn pit bill that was also not really being talked about, but it was going through the Senate right around the same time the Chips bill was. This bill passed. I think it was. Was that like eighty six to fourteen or something like that? Yeah, some ridiculously high number because you know all the Republicans are like, "Well, yeah, this is a toss up, straight up layup, no strings, straight string music, no rim for us to look like we love the veterans." And so they passed this bill in the Senate. So that bill goes to the House. 
So while that bill is sitting in the House, the Democrats sneak in this reconciliation bill, gets boom, passed to the Senate, passed to the House real quick. The burn pit bill that sat in the House for a little bit from June came back up to the Senate. And then all of a sudden, because the Republicans were pissed off at the Democrats for getting one over on them with the reconciliation bill. By the way, Corey, 84 to 14 the first time through. Two voted president. That's right. I thought, yeah, so I was off by two. Um, So then the fucking, the bill goes to the House for the burn pits, comes back to the Senate. Literally nothing has changed in this. There was an amendment added. I don't even know what the amendment was, but it was something that was so trivial that I didn't even go. Oh, that's weird. And it comes back to virtually the same bill comes back to the Senate that was passed 84 to 14. And then it fucking fails. And the Republicans are like, oh, well, it's it's this weird accounting thing where they said it's mandatory and not discretionary. So let me let me help you out there, Corey. Pat Toomey's big hissy fit, and it probably wasn't just Pat Toomey, but he happened to just be the mouthpiece on this, uh, was about discretionary funds versus mandatory funds. Now, for those who aren't familiar, I wasn't either. I had to look into it, take a little bit, a bit of a deep dive. Discretionary stems from appropriation acts set by Congress annually. That's discretionary spending, which makes sense that you know Congress would want to have a little bit more say in where the money goes annually. Mandatory or direct spending is governed by statutory criteria, meaning when it's there... That's it. Uh, entitlement programs That's like it. it goes to that and nothing yeah. else. You can't have a say in it. Entitlement programs like Social Security are you know those those are kind of the big mandatory. So what this this Democratic bill that went through the I mean I'm, I say it's Democratic only because we have a you know a Democratic majority, but it was really a bipartisan bill that went through meant it was going to be mandatory or direct spending, which. Honestly, if you support the fucking veterans, that's the right way to go. And at the end of the day, Pat Toomey's throwing a fit because Schumer and Manchin go behind his back and do this other little thing without him, without him and his cronies uh, supporting it. He throws a fit and decides to block this at the detriment of the veterans that we've been trying to get aid for for their fucking cancer and their other injuries for well over a decade. Support our troops until they get home. Pat, exactly. And that's the thing, right? Like, as as much as you you listen to, like, Republican voters that are always, like, pro-troops and pro-vets, they don't even understand that Republicans for the longest time have not been very nice to veterans because why because it because if you're going to take care of veterans when they come home that means more entitlements we both know that republicans don't like entitlements so So there's no i don't have any actual data on it but right now something just came out uh, came out recently that the recruiting numbers for our military have like haven't been hitting like what their expectations are and like what they like expect Do you think that the government showing that they don't give a fuck about veterans might have an effect on that? God damn it, I hope so. Because hope it's so it's too. it's 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 like when we talk about police, I, I feel about the military the same way. I I have I have really good friends that have been or are in the military and I love them for what they do because I feel like they're going into the military for me. 
Right. But those that's the individual. Fuck your ideologies. Fuck anything you think. You could vehemently disagree with this person. There is a person that is signing up to put their life on the line but that's, for what they believe in, which is the idea of the American dream. But that's the individual. And yeah, do I feel they've been brainwashed a little bit? Yeah. I And I don't. I don't support the institution that sends that human being off to fight a bullshit war that means nothing other than, you know, instituting a kleptocratic government somewhere in a goddamn desert where I'll never go. And then that's also recent, though. But isn't that all that matters? It is. Yeah. Your your perspective is based on your day to day. My experiences. experiences, and then they, and then they come yeah. home, and then they come home, and I'm getting in a fight with my buddy who was in the Marines for seven years. When I tell him that his his buddies that went overseas and died were wasted, he gets pissed at me because he feels like I'm insulting them. I'm like, dude, I'm not insulting your brothers that in arms that I'm not died. Insulting them. I wish they were still alive. They shouldn't have died. They should never have been there in the fucking first place. And then the other, and then the people that come home that aren't taken care of by the VA. That's that's what this bill is for. And and so I'm going to give the Democrats credit on that one. I have to. And yeah, I'm going to shit on Pat Toomey for getting pissy because the Democrats beat him. Beat him a little, beat him up a little bit in a, in a bullshit political game that you goddamn know he and his cronies have played before in the past. Yeah, exactly. Like that's 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 politics. Like fuck off, you got played. Don't let don't punish veterans because you got played. Thousands, if not millions, more die like you have been while you've been sitting on your ass, pretending to protect our troops. Support our troops. Dude, he's honestly Pat taking, Toomey, uh, taking the little yellow ribbon and putting it on the tree to remember the troops overseas and this and that. And yeah, sure, that's all great grandstanding. But when it comes to putting rubber meeting the road, you're pissed that you got bested. And Pat Toomey is nothing more than a relic left over from the Tea Party bullshit. But you that's know, all he is. I'm all. It's funny because let me find the article real quick. Because I just had it up. Um, I think it's... Is it a hill? Oh, no, it's a political article. And the title of this article is Senate GOP Backtracks After a Veterans Bill Firestorm. Which is great, because so many people raised fucking shit in hell about this one. That this article came out on the 1st of uh, August. You know, it's the 4th, so three days ago. And it's... Senate Republicans are reversing course on a veterans health care bill, signaling they'll now help it quickly move to President Joe Biden's desk after weathering several days of intense criticism for delaying the legislation last week. And so now they're like, so now McConnell is coming out and saying, yeah, no, it's, it's, we're, bring it out, we're, we're, it'll pass. <laughs> He's fucking turtling like Claude Mew on in Minority market. Leader Mitch McConnell declined to respond to a question Monday about the legislative why the legislation was held up. It will pass this week, he said. Other Republicans on Senate leadership struck a similar tone. Senate John Barrasso from Wyoming told Political he would expect it to pass, and Senator John Thume from South Dakota, McConnell's number two, echoed that at some point this <laughs> this is gonna pass and it will pass big. I mean, to me, Republicans it, say they blocked so the bill because of concerns spearheaded by Senator Pat Toomey over the re- re- over the retiring senator called, and he's a retiring senator. 
and he called it a budgetary gimmick. That's what I said. He's he's a he's a relic of the Tea Party era. That's all he is. He's meaningless. Hey, he's about to fucking retire. Fuck Pat. He's Tooley. about to be out of there. I don't know. I, I don't I don't really have a whole lot more to say. So that was probably about to pass. Yeah, I was gonna I was just gonna say I don't have a whole lot more to say other than like this there are very few bills that go through Congress that are fucking obvious. Like let's like what are we talking about? What are we arguing about? Because there's so much bullshit injected into these bills. Like, really? You're gonna you're gonna argue about discretionary versus mandatory spending when it comes to the goddamn veterans that are you know, you know, you say defending your freedom, but really you're just sending them over there to fucking die. They get sick when they come back, and you you're not going to take care of them. We, we, we how many times do we have to go over this? How many times right. have we been going over this since 2001? About how we don't give a fuck about our veterans. How many of them just just in the and Detroit not even area? Veterans, how many how, service members? The uh, the one in 2001, it was the bill to help firefighters and police officers who got cancer from the fumes from the fire that happened on September 11th. Another one that pissed John Stewart off quite a bit. Yeah, we talk about our service members. These are heroes. Not all heroes wear a cape. These are the guys on the front line. We, we give these fucking little tropes and these little Corey, messaging, dude, these little you, fucking slogans. You saw it during the height of COVID. Essential workers. Heroes work here. You're just essential. We're not going to help you in any way, shape, or form. Depot. But we Two need blocks away from you. my job had a sign the size of a fucking bus itself that said heroes work here. It's a it's a joke. It, it's 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 a sad joke, honestly. It's not a funny haha joke. It's a funny faux pas joke. Right. I yeah. forgot to put this one up when we were talking about uh the Democrats. Democrats are, in fact, the biggest donors to fringe Republicans. The saga continues. Yeah, we know that. Uh, yeah, it's got to put it up. You want to talk about Biden's border wall? Yeah, Biden border building. <laughs> he's just, he is, what is her name? Pierre de Seto. He's just, she, he's cleaning up the Biden or the Trump mess on the border, which leads me to say it's like, what? They just left a bunch of shit down there for two years now that you guys are just now getting to? Or. Does it have something to do with the fact that Abbott is sending a bunch of immigrants from the border to D.C., creating an immigration crisis <laughs> in Washington, D.C.? On Thursday, Biden authorized U.S. Customs and Border Patrol to, quote-unquote, close gaps in Arizona's border wall. That was the big one that I saw. I don't know if there's yeah, one's going on in gaps. Texas, too. But here's, here's, here's the interesting thing. I was like, "Oh, CNN wrote something on this. Let's just let's just see what CNN had to say." So I I, I opened the article, and what I find is, "quote In order to prevent migrants from drowning and sustaining injuries while crossing the Colorado River, is the reason why why Joe Biden wants to fix these border wall gaps." What an interesting way to cover up fucking hypocrisy. Yeah, well, you, you have to because Biden is really good at just making these crazy stances on things without thinking any forward. Because in 2020, he said, There will not be another foot of wall constructed in my administration. Not another foot. Unless the migrants are going to die crossing the Colorado River. So is it? Oh, unless they're going to send a bunch of them up here. It's it started it started by by trying to go back to Obama era policies which took focus away from the border and put it more on security risks 
as well, which I'll get into in a little bit after we're done, we're done talking about this. But I look at that and I go, man, you will come up with every... It's like the kids in cages thing, right? We're just putting them in cages for their own safety now. Trump was doing it because he was evil, but it, Biden's doing it just, just for their own safety. We, we got to figure out what we're going to do before we send them back to Mexico. Themselves and lock them in cages. I mean, it, I mean, it's just... It's, it's so comically like quasi racist isn't it right like these mig- these migrants can't stay alive crossing the Colorado River so we gotta we gotta fix these holes in the fence in Arizona just we gotta protect them I think I think the White House is trying to view it as a safety issue and maybe be, maybe trying to get a better grasp on and concentrate things more we don't have enough officers there aren't there aren't that are not that are not enough border protection there are not enough border protection officers to be at every single section of the wall and every part of the border to see who's coming in so by doing this you may be able to concentrate it a little bit more and put officers where they need to be so they can get a better idea of who is coming in i'm assuming i'm assuming that's this, Simon, that's immigration attorney Simon nasseri and, and and Corey, i'm gonna i'm gonna pull this up here i'm assuming there's some sarcasm here uh which is fantastic aubrey says it's not a wall it's a migrant water risk mitigation structure <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're fantastic. literally warning in any basically way like they're basically saying like there's people coming here and we don't want them Exactly, but no, we're gonna we're gonna frame it as if it's we're just we're just keeping them safe. We just we don't want we we it's you know, it's a, it's like a wheelchair. It, it's like a wheelchair ramp for migrants. Dan, and this just goes to what pisses me off so much about this and how it's all caught up so much in the pandering political identity politic bullshit. People are talking about oh, one point two million immigrants are coming from down there. It's overwhelming. We don't know what to do, right? Maybe maybe stop staging coups in South America and you'll be good to go. Even even past that, if we want to just forget the geopolitical, the geopolitics of it all, let's go on the sheer number, right? Okay. 1.2 million, I think, is like the record that crossed the border in the southern areas or whatever. All right. We're talking in a time where we have internet. Everything's paperless. Everything's processed so easily. You can do things so fast now, right? 1.2 1.2 million is a big number, right? Sure. But let's go back to, you know, the 1900s between like 1907 and 19 like 20 or like in the early 1900s when we had a huge immigration uh stampede coming from Europe to here. Shut down Ellis Island? We were no d- what I'm saying is during Ellis Island for about 10 years straight, we were over 750,000 people coming here to a million people a year. And we literally took these people off of a boat, funneled them into an area. They had to go through the turnstiles and the corral area. They spent a couple hours going over their paperwork and stuff. And then they were just unleashed in downtown New York off this port where they could just walk out. And they literally in front of them was all of America with all of the opportunities. And behind them was just ocean and their past and their history. And they literally looked at this area and they can make anything of themselves that they possibly could. And there was a peak where it was at like 1.1 million people in a year. It came I wish across. there was some inspirational homeward bound Disney music playing behind you, but go on. Right. Like, yeah. America, Fifle, the America tale. Fifle. Remember the old <laughs> Disney movie, the fucking mouse comes across yeah. or whatever. 
But what I'm saying is like we were essentially dealing with the same amount of numbers in the early 1900s of immigrants versus what we are now on the southern border without internet. And these guys were all sitting there and like literally a person could have literally made up a card because they had three fucking weeks to do it on a ship that says where they're from and who they are. And they could have just handed this person, this person could just go, all right, well, yeah, no problem. Come on in. And now it's like this big deal because it's the freedom versus security. And we we're afraid of our own shadows that we're afraid to let these people in because we think that it might be more dangerous because even though, you know I mean? Even though before world war one, they, they want to portray that terrorism didn't exist, even though a terrorist act is what lent us into world war one, into world war two and terrorist acts act happened all the time back then. And basically is what I'm saying. And so this whole fear of, of of us trying to stop these people from coming in is just fabricated because of the fact that we've literally already been here a hundred years ago. We were letting in just as many people, if not more, across into our country through Ellis Island. And then guess what happened? As soon as they got through Ellis Island and they walked into America and they saw this whole opportunity in front of them, there was a Republican there going, welcome to America, vote Republican. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm saying is like we already have the system <laughs> to do this because we've done it before. And that the only reason that we're not letting it happen is because of straight up fucking bullshit politics. And a small amount of bigotry. And a, a little bit. A large amount of well no, you think there wasn't as much bigotry back then? People hated Irish, people hated Italians. Well, I mean, either, much, either way, like back then or as now. Much as much as much bigotry, bigotry back then as there is now. But guess what? We just figured it out and let people in. And I think that we could do it now, especially with the fucking internet, to where now, like, if we had more immigration lawyers and a better but process. But Corey, Corey that's, that's one solution. That's one solution. Is, is, oh, one solution is just letting these people, instead of letting them all hide and spending these billions of dollars and resources of trying to just go through every nook and cranny, chasing people like cockroaches as they run down bad yeah, letting letting them actually and be, just give them a goddamn fucking citizenship and they can get a job and actually pay taxes. Letting them actually be part of the economy, which they could very well be. But the other solution is, actually, honestly, we should probably just do both, which is let these people in. Whatever, whatever you want to say, whatever the Republican trope is, you know, legally and safely and whatever it is, but also maybe stop destabilizing the South American countries that are sending these people to us in the fucking first place. Maybe do both of those things and this problem will probably go away. Is that crazy? Am I an idiot? I think I might be an idiot. He might be. There's way, there's people that have way bigger liberal degrees that'll tell you that you're wrong. I'm really so ways. wrong. Yeah. Because what is that? Was Matt Tybee say liberals? Uh, liberals try so hard to tell you how smart they are that they don't realize how much of a pain in the ass they're being in the room or something like that. The difference between liberals and vegans go. There isn't one. I'm just kidding. What is it? Like, it's uh, how do you know someone's a vegan? They'll tell you. It's like, they don't worry. They'll tell you. Yeah. Don't how you know somebody's a liberal. Don't worry. They'll tell you. I mean, you yeah, can say, honestly, though, you can say the same thing about conservatives. <laughs> how do you know somebody's MAGA? Don't worry. They'll oh, fly, yeah. They'll fly a flag. <laughs> yeah. Con- yeah. Uh, what's really funny is conservatives do this weird thing when they tell you they're conservative where they almost like visually grab their hips. 
and they do this little they show you their gun and they, they go show you their gun and they no they just grab their hips and go well <laughs> i'm a conservative <laughs> they just they rock for it they go i'm a conservative just come to my house you'll see the MAGA flag i'm a conservative and the let's go brandon flag <laughs> <laughs> i love how we shit on both sides it's fucking awesome i hope everybody else enjoys it too uh do you want to get to, they stick around? Did you want to get to Kansas? Them off. They Can- just know five minutes from now that will make them happy. Did you want to? Do you want to move on to Kansas? Because Kansas the is a Kansas big deal. vote. This is this is this is a this is a big deal. And and because because we you know you and I waxed poetic about Roe v. Wade and what we wanted and what made sense to us. And I think you and I both don't let me speak for you, but I I think I'm speaking for you. Is that you know we're mostly you know pro choice people, uh, but. I don't even think what our opinions are or even what our listeners' opinions are really fucking matter in this situation. It's what the American uh, populace's opinion on this is. Because we've gone through the polling numbers. I don't often trust polling numbers. But goddamn it, these have been so accurate. And I think that the Kansas vote last night really demonstrates that. As Kansans went out, they took to the polls, and they voted to essentially leave their abortion rights the same. And why is that? Why does that matter? Because I think if you live outside of Kansas, which is 99.9% of America, because there's only like eight people in Kansas, but Kansas is a place where you look at if you live in like the coastal elite areas, the California. That's a ruby red state. Yeah. You look at that and you go, oh my God, it's just a bunch of fucking dumb rednecks. Now I've spent some time in Kansas. I like the people there. I won't ever go there again, but I do like the people there just because there's nothing to do. It's just flat and the it's just a lot of barbecue joints and really bad bars with bad beer. But I look you look at Kansas. Never been. I'm gonna strictly follow your recommendation. The people are great. I, I like the people. I, I went there, I was like, this is, a, this is my first time crossing the Mississippi River, and, and this, this this young lady looks at me and she goes, Welcome to the Heartland. She was really fantastic. I can't remember her name. Um Welcome to the Heartland. Here's some shitty beer. Yeah, pretty much. Uh but I, I look at that and I go, everybody looks at nice Kansas lady. and they think what a really redneck state that just doesn't do anything but grow corn. They're gonna be super conservative and they're gonna hate abortion. And then you have you have uh, a ballot initiative that is pro choice pass overwhelmingly in a state that is supposedly red. And I look at that and I go for the folks that looked at the overturning of Roe as this, you know, death to society. I understand why you're upset. I didn't like it. I would love for Roe to still be on the books. But the first thing, you can go back and listen to our episodes. I think Corey and I were both in agreement on this. We both looked at it and we went, this is not the end of the road. This is not the end of the world. This is getting put back to the states. And God damn it, I hope every state does what Kansas did. Let your goddamn people decide for themselves what they and want so, when it comes so to th- abortion. And Kansas went out and they did that. And I think I think there are people in New York and California that are looking at that and going, what? They're not back-ass words rednecks? Yeah, and it's actually really interesting. And I'll get into the numbers in a second. But like, first off, I want to get into the whole identity politics of it. A bunch of people right now are coming out and saying, oh, well, well actually, I think it was just Occupy Democrats. I fucking hate them so much. That's my arch enemy. The PSYOP, just, I see baby. their post. The, the fucking PSYOP. Yeah, I'm convinced. Um, they came out and they were like, oh, in defiance to the Supreme Court, 
Kansas came out and voted for this. And it's like, wait, there was no defiance. They literally did what the Supreme Court told them to do. Yeah, make no mistake, and I'll let you continue. Make no mistake, the Supreme Court, as much as I didn't like the decision, and I didn't like it, they did not make abortion illegal. That that uh, there is there is still this this un, unbelievable population of Americans that thinks that the Supreme Court is out to make abortion illegal, and maybe maybe some of the conservatives on the Supreme Court are, but that's not right. what the Dobbs decision was. Well, it's interesting because like technically they kind of did. Right when they they overturned Roe v. Wade, they didn't make they it took, illegal. They didn't make it illegal, but in overturning the precedent, they did remove the rights from millions of people in the country. But what they did was, when they removed the rights, they gave that bargaining chip to the people and said, "Fix it yourselves." This is a fucking democracy. It's a democracy, yeah. So like, it's it's frustrating that they had to take the rights away from people for people to go, holy shit, we need to get our rights back. And it's really, really shitty. But we're looking at a ruby red state like Kansas that came out and said, all right, thanks for giving us our power. We're going to take it. And I say this because of the fact that this wasn't, it's a primary first off in a ruby red state. When it comes to primaries, what do we know about democratic voters? They They don't don't fucking show up, right? In a red state, it was almost a two-to-one ratio. I think it was like 420,000 Republicans showed up to vote, and then like 260,000 Democrats showed up to vote in Kansas for the primaries. So in a two-to-one ratio, Dan, of Republicans, like virtually, like there's a bunch of decimal points in there, you know, fractions and stuff like that for the actual numbers, sure. but <laughs> Fractions, decimals. Exponents, yeah, and, man. And, and, and essentially a two to one ratio of Republicans showing out versus Democrats. This bill or this ballot initiative to keep the power of the legislative away from the abortion rights in their state. Republicans, it wasn't Democrats. I really want to drive this home because this yep. is important. Because I'm, I'm, it makes it, and I'm going to get to the part that I, that I think this is important next. Republicans came out and kept this out of the hands of their legislative branch and said, no, abortion rights here are to stay. 60% of that country, when state. it was a two-to-one ratio of Republicans voting in the primary, state, voted Corey, to keep state, abortion country. legal. What did you say? I said state. You said country. <laughs> state, country. The, the people understand what, understand what I'm saying. And so... What I was going to get to that with was like the messaging of saying the Democrats showed up and showed out. It's they didn't. They didn't. Republicans are the ones who decided this in a 60% thing when like fucking 50% of that 60% was Republicans. What and what's and that's and so what I was going to get with that is like now I'm curious. Let's see how fast the narrative changes from the Republican Party, because this is a canary in the coal mine for them. Mm -hmm. It's straight, just raw data that shows Republicans in Kansas also agree with being pro-choice. That what's the how is the messaging going to change for this in the rest of the country? I I mean, I I don't want to get I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, you know, if if you're if you're pro-choice, because but but. What I ultimately think this Kansas vote 
bears out is what the polling numbers have showed, Corey. Since A, the 70s. Like 85% of Americans are okay with abortion being legal, at least in some capacity. Even if it's just through rape or incest, right? Even if it's just up to six weeks, right? So almost every American, you, you put 100 people in a room, only 13 of them are going to say absolutely no abortion ever for any reason, no no matter yeah, what. Yeah, and you know, it, it comes down to the idea that like, we live in such a toxic society because our news outlets are so fucking uh, f- not finite. What are, what's the word I want to use for use? So uh, concentrated that everyone believes that if you're not Democrat or Republican, you're either pro-choice or pro-abortion. That every Republican's pro-abortion or pro-pro-life or whatever, not mm. pro-choice, pro-abortion, pro-choice, pro-life, and this facade for just fell apart in this vote because I like, again, to the listeners, to you, I really want to drive this home. Republicans made this happen. Yes, they did. Not Democrats in the state of Kansas. Yes, they did. It, it gives me a lot of faith in humanity. You know, this isn't, this isn't all of a sudden a, a toe the party line thing with Americans. And it goes to drive the point home that Americans in general are thinkers that when it comes to straight ballot things, it's not all of a sudden this weird tribalism. It's the issue at hand. It's really, it's, and I'm I'm hoping to see that a lot of states kick it to a ballot initiative. I agree. So Republicans and Democrats both don't have to touch this with a fucking fifty foot pole, which they shouldn't. Leave it to the people. I'm glad I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because we we talk a lot on this show about how both of these goddamn atrocious political parties. Want nothing more than for you to go outside and tell your neighbor what a piece of shit they are for how they voted. Because yeah. when you do that, you're blaming the other party and not your own. Yeah, and and it's you know, and 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 um, it it just this this made me feel so good, and it wasn't even necessarily because of the decision; it was because of who made it. It was because it was the Republicans. As somebody who's traditionally been a leftist, I voted Democrat in almost no. I should say in every election I've ever voted in, I've I've voted Democrat. I I have no, I'm no shame in admitting that. I feel like I maybe would change that now, but I look at that and I go, I have been I was trained, and as I think you were, Corey, as well, to fucking hate Republicans with every inch of your brass. And one of the reasons we started this show is because you and I came together and we said. The way we think is fucking stupid. Let's stop hating our neighbors. Let's start understanding why they did what they did. And I look at this vote and and knowing that Republicans, Republicans are responsible for what happened in Kansas. And I go, I, I just feel like I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm vindicated in my own thinking. Yeah. She was just said, it's true. The Republicans voted for abortion. That should have been the, that should have been the fucking banner instead of just, <laughs> Kansas instead of just Kansas law or Kansas vote or whatever I put. I mean, they, they didn't vote for abortion. They voted. I'm sorry. Yeah, they did vote for abortion. Okay. Never they mind. basically did. Yeah. I read, I read that wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm like, it was, it's, it's very rarely on the show. Do we come across things that like really make us feel better about society? But and it's this funny. That the Democrats are going to try to push this. Like, As if yeah, they did it. Fuck the Supreme Court. We showed them. But it's like, no, this is literally what the Supreme Court wanted to happen. Yeah. 
This is literally what the Supreme Court wanted to happen. A bunch of fucking Republicans voted for abortion. Do you want to end the show with some good news? Or is it really good news? The serotonin issue? That's not good news. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of good news. Well, we can we can bring that up next week, or we could talk about Pelosi's pompous pregnancy. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll talk about serotonin next week. You got the you got the banner there. You go, Pelosi's pompous. Uh, what's that word? Peregrination. Is that it a, means it, a journey? I don't even yeah, know I what the up, fuck I that is. You know, I love my fucking alliterations. Yeah, so I looked up journey synonyms. So <laughs> the definition of peregrination is a journey, especially a long or meandering one. <laughs> And she was she was just meandering about in fucking Taiwan. Honestly, dude, I, I don't I don't know how to feel about this other than I'll tell you where I actually have an opinion. And my opinion was after the um I can't remember the guy's name, the uh basically the the Chinese Joseph Goebbels, the uh the propaganda minister or whatever the hell he is, is basically like, Hey, if Nancy Pelosi goes to Taiwan, we're gonna shoot her plane down. That actually, that did happen. I saw it. I saw. I know it's real because I saw it on the internet. You uh, seen it. Uh, and I and I looked at that and I went, okay. Well, that seems like a bit of uh, a bit of a, uh, an overreaction. And then, but it wasn't even that. It was like this. I'm hoping this was just like a Twitter phenomenon, but it was like this whole idea of like right wingers going, "Go ahead, Nancy." go to Taiwan as if they're like joking about wanting her plane to be shot down by the Chinese. And I'm like, that's what I'm like, but hold on, Corey. I'm like, that's not fucking funny. Like I I, I like jokes and I like political jokes, but do you you understand the ramifications of Nancy Pelosi getting her plane shot down by the Chinese? Right. It's automatic world war three. And for example, for that, Dan, because I was going to kind of get with that, like everyone who doesn't, everyone who gets caught up in like the uh, the pop culture, identity politics of like our fucking current environment, they all said that. They're like, oh, yeah, no letter gets shut down. They'll be doing us a favor and this and that. And it's like, I get that when you're wrapped up in like the social culture war of our politics you would think that like republicans would be like thinking the same thing as you but mitch mcconnell and 25 other republicans came out in a joint statement supporting pelosi going there so fuck sean hannity fuck all the shit you're saying they came out like the warhawks like yeah no you definitely we need to show a tough stance against taiwan because for Taiwan and against China. for Taiwan, yeah, and I don't give a shit what you think about Pelosi. She's this fucking swindling bitch that's taking money with her husband through stocks and making all this money and doing a bunch of shady deals and stuff. Sure, her plane getting she shot down belong by the Chinese anywhere is there, not funny. but her getting shot down, is not whether funny. how much these Republicans posture on the news of how much they hate her. If she gets shot down, I promise you, the very next day they're there in the house with everyone else saying we need to go to war. Yeah. And really. And that's what pisses me off about the characters, identity politics that we have of this romanticized fucking fake hating each other. 
when the rubber meets the mo- the road, it doesn't fucking matter whether or not Mitch McConnell and Pelosi or Kevin McCarthy. Mitch McConnell. So, for example, just the House itself, McCarthy and Pelosi tweeting of how much the other one's a fucking idiot and a windbag. If either of them got killed, now if it was flipped the roles, if it was McCarthy over there, even though Pelosi and them would be saying their bullshit, oh god, if something happened to McCarthy, they would all be going banging the drum beats of war, just like. Can the you can you imagine if it was McCarthy <clears throat> over uh, Pelosi, the uh, the Occupy Democrats page, what that might look like in that situation? Oh yeah, just. Poking the bear with a stick, McCarthy unprecedentedly goes to fucking Taiwan, causing almost World now, War Three. Now look, now look. I also, on the other side of that, as much as I don't think it's funny to joke about, especially when somebody in the CCP is threatening to shoot down Pelosi's plane, whether or not that was going to happen doesn't matter. It was put out there by somebody in the in the CCP and their propaganda department yeah. about shooting down Pelosi's plane. That to me is not fucking funny. Now, no, it's not. I if if it were McCarthy over there, I would be saying the exact same goddamn thing. Because at the end of the day, what you're talking about is you're you, you're joking about a very real possibility of a nuclear war of just the third most powerful person in our government being shot down by a foreign entity. Like, the ramifications of that... Get a goddamn grip, people. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. It's not a funny joke. Especially when it's real. When it's a real possibility. I didn't think it was actually going to happen. I don't think most people thought it was actually going to happen. But the fact that I saw this actually coming out of China, you know, it's something to think about. To be fair, in full disclosure, the Babylon B uh, headline that said the chat. What? How did it go? I said, uh, in a show of force, the Chinese ex- uh, extrapolate on their hatred for Americans by sending Pelosi home or something like that. <laughs> oh my god, it's fucking funny. Oh, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It was it, it, as as you put in our little banner here. It was a very hubristic move. By Nancy Pelosi. It was fucking Unnecess- stupid. There, there's no deals out of it. All she did, all like, at the end of the day, what did Pelosi going to Taiwan do for me? Nothing. It didn't shore up my logistic issues of getting chips to our cars and all of our electronics to lower prices because all it did was, like, fucking add a bunch of turbulence to the shipping lanes because now China is doing a bunch of war practice or uh, war games all around Taiwan. Fucking up all the channels for travel. It was, um, it, Corey, it was, there it, was, it was no deal when what we're trying to do, like what, what, what was the deal? Like we're trying to bring the chips act just made it to where we're trying to bring all the chips where 90% of them are made in Taiwan back home. It didn't do anything for that. It was, a, it was a, it didn't do it anything was... to shore up more chips that are being made their home. All it did was just cause more fucking chinks in the chain for that. It was a geopolitical version of what we see at home. It was just a chance to spit in China's face. She's in a fucking vacuum thinking she's at home being able to play identity politics. And she went over there and did it. And it literally just had the whole world on edge. And it was fucking stupid. There's nothing positive coming out of it. When the geo, when our own personal interests are to bring everything home, it didn't do anything for that. All it did 
was try to help her legacy because the last person that went there in her seat of power was Newt Gingrich like 30 years ago. But that's when the fucking Chinese Navy was equivalent to a couple of people on rowboats with machine guns. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different fucking world now. This didn't do anything for us at all. When we're trying to work with China and China's been working with us, not taking money from Russia, and we're trying to fucking qualm that out, we're in war in Russia right now, in Ukraine. People can say it's a proxy war. People can say that we're not there at all. A fucking Ukrainian soldier just, or Ukrainian general just came out and said that we're helping them with discretionary plans of who to bomb and not. Mm-hmm. Then ultimately, these, these missiles that Ukraine has right now, it's up to us to make the call whether or not they can use them on certain people. That's direct involvement. So while we're doing that and burning the candle on this end, we're over here working with China and diplomatic measures to where they're actually trying to work with us a little bit and not taking shit from Russia. But then Pelosi goes out and does this. Now, granted, as an individual citizen, I think that as American citizens, that our government shouldn't be able to say where where we can't go. This does domestically very solidify the fact that all the group, all the different branches of government are separate but equal. It's really important to us as Americans that the president or the judicial branch can't tell the legislative branch what to do and what not, because then that would show that one party does or one branch does have more power over the other. So domestically, great. But try explaining that to the fucking Chinese who's an autocracy. They don't give a fuck about that. They know. And especially when Biden's out here posturing, saying shit like we defend Taiwan no matter what. And then there, his fucking press secretary comes out and says the one China policy hasn't changed. But then this happens. It doesn't matter what fucking rhetoric we say and go, oh, well, it's, it's no, I can't tell her what to do. It's like China is like, fuck yourself. I mean, and if, if somebody if somebody knows more about this, I'd be I'd be happy to listen. I just haven't cared enough to really look into it that deeply. I'm assuming it's some sort of cultural issue. I just don't understand why China gives so much of a shit about Taiwan. <laughs> well, because it's it's like it's okay. The picture picture China doing that to Puerto Rico, I right? Guess but I, but as an American, I'd be saying the same thing about Puerto Rico. Yeah, well, whatever, fucking let them go. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you know, but the, well, the difference is us as Americans or the Chinese people as being Chinese versus what the mouthpiece of their government says. It's their Chinese. We would be saying we don't give a fuck if. Uh, Someone from China is going to Puerto Rico to go talk to people, but our fucking government would be like, "You're walking on our sovereign land, and you're not invited." Like that's a big fucking deal, right? But now, what, but, but now but, Puerto but, Rico is Puerto Rico sees himself as a part of America. We see them as a part of America. I was going to so say, so it does get sticky because Taiwan sees himself as a sovereign country. So I was sure, going to say, like, I think the that's small the dynamics difference. is different, but regardless of the people of what Taiwan think. China looks at them as that's their Puerto Rico, but I, but that, that's the difference. Is like the Puerto Ricans aren't like we want to be our own country now. And if they what were, who would? Care? What do you think AOC about Puerto Rico? She goes, so my my abuela lives there. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all she's got to say. <laughs> then she smiles with a little bit of cleavage. Just flips her hair. Just pretends to be arrested. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I got to piss like a race star score. You have anything else fun? Um, no. I know we have stuff we didn't get to, but we have. Yeah, we just have some stuff about Hunter that we need to get into. Uh, some more about the midterms in Amer in Michigan. We didn't talk about the Sarah stuff either, did we? Nope. And that's another good one. So yeah, let's just make sure 
mental note. Serotonin and depressions, Hunter Biden, and uh, the Meyer Gibbs thing. You writing that down? Go ahead and write that down. You write that down, and I'm going to read this off that I forgot to read off in the beginning of the show. Go ahead. The Observative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is podpage.com slash Observative. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Pod. And you can find our transcripts at Podcast at wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Podcast, And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. It's way, way fucking shorter when I just have it written out and I have everything laid out like that. And I'm not sitting here going, and then, ah, uh, <laughs> it's Libservative Pod, maybe? You did a good job, Corey. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks, Dad. I mean, Dan. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> did you hear what I said? You called me Dad. I know. I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> anyway, this has been Libservative. He's been Corey Walsh. He has been Dan Griffin. Until next time, we're out of here. We the people cannot stand back.